Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional from Sydney, Australia, Lee Usher. Lee, welcome to the show. Hi, Ash. How are you? Uh, Lee is a corporate and leadership branding strategist. She is the owner of BuzzWeb Media. She's the founder of Women with Wit. So, Lee, before we get into BuzzWeb, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Oh, well, the, the short version is, is that um, growing up in the country, you have to move to the city for university. Um, back in my day, you know, um, degrees for women were very much encouraged to do that traditional path of what works when you're having children and you're married. So teaching, nursing, things like that were really the avenues. So I became a teacher, um, quickly learned within doing my degree, moving away from home, that not necessarily what I really wanted to do, um, being in four walls uh, five days a week with 30 children was not necessarily how I just didn't didn't um, inspire my mind so much. Right? Mm. I, I love to be around conversations of curiosity. And so looking back on that journey, I, I know that I had that entrepreneurial blood from the beginning mm -hmm. to um, live on the edge of curious. So it was what I call it, you know, so Absolutely. why can't we do this? It's, um, it's not about the problem. It's about finding a solution. So I quickly found myself in senior roles where I tech became a thing in schools a lot more a lot of the teachers weren't interested it freaked them out to change and I just adopted it moved it into the classrooms worked with the kids and and um yeah so that led me to another space of technology a little bit um where I quickly realized you know the hamster on the wheel of resources for children in schools particularly in special education um after doing my postgraduate so I went into curriculum development and child um, psychology. So the idea was is that, well, we need these resources now. They need to be more nimble. And um, rather than the six weeks being distributed from the UK or the US as games and things. So um, I challenged my husband <laughs> back in the early 90s and said, I need an e-commerce site of downloadable resources that are a very print quality at a super cheap price. Mm -hmm. And so he built a site today that is still functioning as a bit of a side revenue um, on Facebook. It has over 60,000 followers. It's evolved into the New Zealand and Australian market. We did try to keep the language around our own, the spelling of, of the resources and everything. So there are American buyers, but obviously they have to adapt them a little bit. And it just made it better quality of resources that kids were using at that early literacy level mm -hmm. um, that were more affordable for usually that socioeconomic group that can't afford those expensive resources that their kids need. Mm -hmm. um, and then and then from there, Facebook obviously had evolved. When I first, it was like you sort of think, well, now that I've built this, where do I market it? And that's how I ended up in social media. Um, Back in 2009, I then evolved that brand because Facebook evolved as well, which was um, from teacher to social media uh, consultant, small business supporter. There was a lot of businesses evolving as business pages grew. So 
uh, Facebook didn't have the resources and the backup of support that they had. So there was a bit of a Quora type forum and I was in there being tagged all the time. So I evolved a brand away from my teaching and the resource website into um, a consultant. And from there it evolved in the last, oh, more than now 15 years nearly. So we started to teach and share and then the government picked me up and started to work with some of the businesses once it's sort of you realise that, well, I can't get my 13-year-old to look after my Facebook business page anymore. It's a bit more serious than that. So so, so started doing some course material, full circle teaching came into play there again. And, um, yeah, so then it just went from there and, as I tried to find agencies and staff that could then help businesses manage because there's only one of me and I was more focused on the training and supporting in a consulting or strategy kind of way, the funnel marketing, the opt-ins and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we quickly learned that that became the hamster on the wheel in our business, uh, mm -hmm. referring them to people. They then get their books full because they're really good at what they did. Mm -hmm. So then they were taking more clients. So we then started to evolve Buzz Web Media, and it's been running for 13 years. Um, and its core team is in the Philippines, mm -hmm. but we have um, like project managers here as well. Yeah, fascinating. And mm. you know, at, at Buzz Web Media, you talk about you know support. You know, you're a strategist for corporate and leadership branding. Let me start mm. by asking you, what goes into building a successful brand? I knew you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> Um, I feel for me that there's two aspects to building a brand and that is whether it is a company brand or a personal brand because, of course, the leaders that we look after become authors and speakers and like yourself end up on TEDx and involved in all sorts of entrepreneurial thought leadership spaces, you know, Harvard scholars and whatnot. So, so it's not – so one element I see is mm. that it's – you can establish the foundations of your brand in terms of the messaging and the and what and sort of those colors and the fonts and everything else that goes along with that foundation to attract the audience that you're looking for or wanting to talk to and resonate with. Mm -hmm. But the other part of branding is is actually that what you don't always have control of, and that is is the interpretation or the perspective mm -hmm. that your world around you has of you. And um, that's your reputation. So, and I don't know whether, you, you know, I mean, the old saying, Jim Rohn, you can take years, 20 years to build a, brand, a reputation and five minutes to lose it. So um, I think in the world of social media and digital, where there is such a strong digital footprint, nobody forgets anything. <laughs> or, or at least they, if they forget it, they can find it when they go into researching who you are. Yeah. So there is an element of authenticity around your branding that as a company or yourself, is that we all are human. We do make mistakes. We advertise in the wrong spaces. We don't control, you know, who our brand ambassadors or influencers that might be selling our products or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you can admit when you make those mistakes and how you deal with those is actually probably more about building the brand loyalty of customers than anything else because they are watching and seeing how you respond to those kind of situations more so than what your product or service or quality is. Very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk brands, whether it's a corporate brand or a personal brand, and you've been, as you know, involved with the website and Facebook marketing and so many different things for quite a while, 
one of the things that a lot of people struggle with as individuals or as brands is the digital world. Mm-hmm. How can brands succeed in the digital world? They're just, just happening too fast. Well, you know, I said it earlier, and I think one of the things that you and I both know very well in terms of building businesses, starting up and even exit strategies is to keep it nimble, um, is to be around those like-minded people that have the creative ideas to take, keep evolving it because it does move so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's that if you, if, you, if you think of you build a website and a social media presence and that's all you have to do for the next five years, that's like drinking stagnant water. Correct. It's not healthy <laughs> and it's not attractive. So, um, you know, to keep growing, you have to keep moving and keep evolving. And so I feel that the best way to not burn out is to have those like-minded people around you that get your branding, understand, and will give you honest feedback as to when they think it need, this needs tweaking, or I think you should be saying that better. Mm. And, you know, I mean, now that we have open AI, you can throw all your copy into chat GPT and it'll rewrite it for you at any time you want. <laughs> Absolutely. Open AI is yeah. such a big game changer, my goodness. It is, isn't it? <laughs> you know, coming I back actually, to... I actually... Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, please. No, I was actually going to say I had to play with it myself. I've got a few speaking appointments coming up, and I thought, you know what? Let's put my bio in there and see what it spins out at me. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it works beautifully. My 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 thirty five year old son who lives in the US, I, I asked the you know Chat GPT to write a poem for his thirty fifth birthday last week, oh, yeah. and it turned out such a beautiful poem. I actually had to tell him later. He said, I know you write books, but I didn't know you could write poems. I said, no, this is cheating with Chad GPT. But it's brilliant. But, you know, Lee, coming back to branding, uh, you know, uh, given the kind of proliferation of social media that is happening, how do brands and consumers connect with one another? Well, that's an interesting one. I mean, in, in my past, um, a case study sample of that was when Centrum, uh, which is part of Pfizer's yeah. company, is, you know, these are products that don't necessarily sell directly to the customer, mm-hmm. um, but, but they they need to have some sort of connection with the customer. And so right. it's building that personality, mm-hmm. um, coming back to the reputation around, you know, building... Uh, I call it brand humanization. Mm-hmm. Um, a company needs to humanize themselves and Correct. their product uh, where they can actually connect with that, that customer online in social. Mm-hmm. And that is in many different aspects. So it's like rather than just being the vanilla response, it's thinking about, well, Centrum's about health. So it's not just in the imagery that they're sharing. It could be in some of the memes that they share. It could be in the some of the emojis that they respond back to. Kind of, you know, you don't use the cake. You might use a vitamin pill or something like that. Like it's just, it's it, it's just little subtle things that actually kind of add to the experience for the customer when they're when they're viewing your marketing of your latest products or you know this summer's vitamin blend or new multivitamin that's come out things like that can make a big difference because they feel like they there's some bit of fun in it and that's what social is I think people sometimes forget the social aspect and focus more on the media in the traditional sense and and there's a reason that that word social comes first and the reason that that network became so explosive in connecting directly with customers Thank you. Great response. The other aspect of branding, Lee, is the communication. And I know that 
you know, I'm from the boomers generation. But, you know, when I was young in marketing, we'd have, you know, 30 second, 45 second, one minute films. We'd had big billboards. We'd had full page ads. Now we are expected to communicate in 10 seconds. Uh, I'd love to get your perspective on what is or how are brands coping with such uh, such small time frames for communicating their attributes? Uh, really clever content. And you and I both know that that can sometimes be a hit and miss and it takes a lot of experience. Mm. And um, I do feel that one of the um, things around creative content and clever content is it's simply sophisticated. Mm. I think it has the most impact when it's too busy um, visually, it, we, it's too hard to absorb. Mm. Um, there's that one element. But it's so in communicating, I often I have a 3E philosophy. And, and when it's whether it's social, digital, your blogs, your, your media clips or anything, it, mm. you need to stick to that. Is it engaging? Is it educating? And is it entertaining? Mm. So it, it, it's it's the three E's that I call it. And, and your content needs to fit within those elements and it needs to, um, it doesn't have to always be all three, but mm. it needs to be an element of those. And, and in your communications, whether email marketing or what, mixing it up, because if it becomes same, same, it becomes so vanilla. We even get bored. I mean, they say marketers get bored with their content before the you know, the readers do. And that's because okay. we're so used to, we can get caught in the grind. But um, I think it's also understanding coming back and looking at what it is you're wanting to communicate. So you can get caught up in that whole, oh, I need to deliver for engagement. I need to get those likes. I need to get those shares. I need to get the open rate. Um and you can get lost in that where you become so busy that you're busy but not actually profitable uh, or it's not generating you any results. And so there is a real importance to stick to that base of values of what your content needs to be and what you're communicating. And so, therefore, it comes back to that simple is sophisticated. Storytelling obviously comes into it where it's engaging. It's having that impact image um, to start with that drops into people's news feeds. Mm-hmm. I always tell people to think about keeping it on brand because familiarity is also something with your loyal followers. They'll they'll scroll and then they'll stop because there's your colours. They, they know you. Um, so they'll stop to see what your latest update is and they're the ones that are more likely to help ripple it out by sharing, which, of course, is... Um, you know, when you think about the T of engagement, the like is the lowest, then it's the emotions, Mm. then it's um, the comments, and the premium is the share. Mm. Um, I mean, in Instagram, it's the save, it's that hidden, those hidden things, the hidden engagement that we actually don't necessarily pay attention to. But in your insights, if you if you're creating educational content, it is usually the most saved content. Um, and it may not necessarily get engagement, but people want to save that. So therefore, it drives your reach further because you're, what the algorithm seeing is is that you're delivering content to their platform that people want mm-hmm. because they're saving it. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, you also do a lot of work in the area of leadership branding. And now this is distinct from corporate branding. I'd love to yes. get your thoughts on what goes into leadership branding? And as you said a few minutes ago, that a personal brand can, one small mistake and it can be destroyed. What goes into uh, building yeah. a 
an individual's brand or a leadership brand? Well, and it is about that reputation. Uh, building a leadership brand is is being authentic, not only to the message, but your passion of what you're talking about, because then it becomes burnout or you feel the fake it. it people will read through it. You know, I mean, my background is teaching, not marketing. And yet with the evolution of, of the, I've, I've always lived on that curious edge of learning. And so then that's made me, it's been so easy for me to share what I'm learning as I'm learning it. So mm. that then attracts the following that I have and um, the work that I do mm. because it's not hard for me to be in that space. So what I did for myself is what I've been teaching those clients of mine that wanted to be in that thought leadership space. So predominantly my, um, you know, I'm working more so with um, your business and your corporate obviously because of the companies I've worked with but but usually it's it's coaches that want to take it to that next level they want to have the series of books like yourself they want to be on the TEDx they want to be on the and and their goal is to become you know clean skinned their books to be so popular that Harvard wants to put them in their list of library you know so that's that's usually the goal <laughs> and that's that's when you have a three-year plan for that and that's the type of clients that I tend to attract in that thought leadership space. So it comes back to them being authentic and that means that, you know, human, being very human, again, and knowing when you've made that mistake, knowing when you've changed your perspective on things, that's a big one because, of course, as you know, with the evolution of um, trends and concepts and theories and even chat GPT, as we mentioned before, you can have a stance on something, right. but as it evolves, you sort of go, you know what, I need to change my mind about that. I have a different concept now, you know, and you have to share that. You can't just stay in a space because this is the way you've always told it and this is what your first book was. The evolution of you getting to your sixth book, of course your mind has changed. Mm. Um, we, we, And that's important that they take those people that they've got on them Mm -hmm. with them on the journey. I think someone I love to read is Seth Godin, mm -hmm. the evolution of his, his yeah. brand, and you can read it through his books from the beginning. Yeah. You know, The Purple Cow is a very basic branding book, but now that his last one a few years ago, you know, you are marketing, um, talks about with this evolution of social media yeah. and digital, and you don't separate. Business is not separate from from your personal life anymore. Mm -hmm. um, even at the recruitment level, companies will search you and your digital footprint online to see if you are the right reputation okay. for their business okay. in that in that role. So, yeah. Well said. Uh, let me now move, uh, Lee, to uh, women with wit. Uh, tell me a little bit about <laughs> this uh, venture that you have founded. Well, it is a venture. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, you know, once I, once I completed doing the special ed resources and put that mm -hmm. all up and it's been evolving and I've got one of, my, one of my assistants looking after that and I check over things, I found here, particularly in Australia at the time, and this is going back in 2013 when I started Women With Wit, that um, like you, it's all about the reading. It's all about the learning. If you don't have at least one book on the go, and sometimes I have two or three, I mean, not all in business professional learning, but, you know, something that since I feel that 
reading crime for me is just as creative mm. as um, thinking about the strategy behind things as okay. much as um, reading a regular book. You know, mm. some people love fantasy for that reason too. Mm. So, so I, you know, I, I just didn't see that in the woman world of as we were evolving because back then in 2013 there was a, a volume of women networks growing mm-hmm. um people women wanting to connect together and have conversations and i mean yeah. we're very natural community people you know we love that anyway um the organizers within families of the hub of family yeah. you know the cooking the reunions the social events usually is the females that have organized it so so Taking that to a leadership and, the, and, and you know, there was women that were writing books that were doing podcasts and blogging and stuff like that. And it was like, where are they in the normal mainstream media? They were nowhere. The only thing that we really had coming to us was like five tips on how to dress successfully. Mm-hmm. You know, that's about the best of it. Or, you know, what's what's the, the, the makeup that will last 24 hours from your day to your night? You know, mm-hmm. and it's like this is not growing my mind. So right. so that's where it evolved from. And I started it as just social media accounts to share the blogs and the podcasts and that that I was finding and bookmarking to enjoy reading. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are now 10 years down the track and I have probably in the back end created two to three different websites that is still evolving because I just, it is a venture. I, it's mm-hmm. like I've never actually evolved it to the business. Um, I want to create it as a media website where this becomes where they can contribute to it as opposed mm-hmm. to me just having my staff look find this stuff that I'm reading and sharing with them on social media. So that's my evolution okay. and I've set the goal to get it done this year. So mm-hmm. putting it out here on your on your interview makes me very accountable to that. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I look forward to seeing much more of women with wit. But I've well, got one more I have question. to now that we... Yeah, go ahead, please. Mm. No, I was just going to say I have to. I mean, the, the, the community now is demanding it from me. Do you know what I mean? Like they're sending messages, you know, how, how you know, can you share? Like I don't have to find it. And they're wanting to the evolve of like, you know, can you help me promote my, my next book? Things mm. like that. So I can see how I can help this. And it's grown to nearly 10,000 on Instagram alone. It's 6,000 on Twitter, all organic. None of it has been through advertising. Uh, Mm. So I never start a venture putting money into it. It's Mm. just time. So, yeah. I agree. Very sensible. And Lee, I have time for one more question. And this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Um, A lot of them are very young. Um, what would you say based on your own amazing journey uh, and, uh, you know, as a teacher, as a branding uh, strategist or a branding guru, uh, what would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from our conversation? Uh, well, one lesson would be all, I, it's important to have a good, strong network around you. And mm. that is that, um, I can't remember who said this, so it might have been Richard Branson, but you mm. want to be the dumbest person in the room. Mm. I, you, It's going to make you uncomfortable, mm. but you're going to learn from that. And it also means that you're putting the people, you tr- you know, you're putting trust in people of evolving your ideas into Correct. actually giving you honest feedback. And mm. so, yeah, so I, I've, I'm always striving to find really intelligent people to talk to <laughs> and have a coffee catcher. Yep. Um, 
that's probably one one that, and it is it's getting out of your comfort zone to be around those kind of people uh which is very un humans hate going to networking mm -hmm. and stuff like that so it's it's we, we always orientate to the people we know even when we go to those events yeah. so it's important that we consciously really make an effort to put mm -hmm. ourselves out of the comfort zone in those mm -hmm. social scenes um yeah the other is i've i think everything i've set a goal to do mm -hmm. double it <laughs> it always seems to take twice as long as you think it is and that's because you don't know what you don't know until you know something more mm. and then you've got two steps forward one step back two steps Correct. forward one step back yeah and there's the elements that you can't control which i think other people the people that you are involved in, again, mm. you look mm. for those intelligent, smart people, but they too have their own journeys. And so not always are they going to be on the journey all the way to the end. Correct. So you can have some amazing creative talent, mm. and but you need to keep backing it up because if you don't, then things can cause. And I know you, you're probably in that space of the IT mm. space would know this. I mean, in my team of evolution involving our agency, I've had some amazing assistants that would finish mm. my sentences, even think about what needs to be done before I actually yep. thought of it and told them. But, you know, and, I, and they've moved on to become, you know, amazing strategists and working for big companies themselves. And, and of course they are because they're not going to stay in my boutique little agency. Um so you know it is it's it's continually feeding with those people so um very interesting. yeah two steps very, very forward double it <laughs> <laughs> great great response and on that note lee and your three amazing response lessons which is you know build a very very strong network and i love your comment be the dullest person in the room second you said was get out of your comfort zone it is so so important and the third one is whatever your goals are double the time because there are so many different variables thank you so much for speaking to me about your journey lee thank you for talking to me about all the work that you did in education about how you built buzzweb media about branding and finally thank you for talking to me about women with wit and i'm sure women with wit is going to be something to watch out for as you now redouble your energy to be able to do something different with it thank you again and good luck Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website, www.tbcy.in, to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for The Brand Called You.